Welcome to the Beyond Physio podcast, where we help you move, excel, and inspire others on your journey to your next level with knowledge and advice from experts and testimonials from our like-minded community. Welcome to the Beyond Physio podcast. Uh, today, I have a very special guest, Sean Zimieski, uh, owner of Fitness Together down in Cary, North Carolina. Uh, not only is he an amazing person, he's also our landlord and has graciously opened up his space for us. Thank you very much, Sean. Yeah. And really excited to have him on the show because Sean's got a great story and he's got a great process for how he gets his clients, um, who are very all fitness minded, to get to their next level. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But first, I want to share a little bit about Sean. Uh, not only is Sean ripped and fit, you can't tell underneath the shirt, but he, he really is. Uh, he, he lives it. He lives a life, which is great. But he's also got the credentials to back it up. So he is a Chapel Hill exercise science grad. And he decided to go a step further and became an exercise physiology uh, master's at Chapel Hill as well. So this guy knows what he's talking about. He doesn't have a weekend certification. That's some of our other people that we know in the field. No, nothing wrong with that. I get it. But this guy's got a lot of credentials to help get people on the right path towards health. And it's awesome to have someone like Sean in our circle here. So Sean, tell us a little bit about how you went from athlete to exercise science mm -hmm. into this very successful franchise owner with Fitness Together. Yeah, well, that's, that's a good question. I honestly have no idea. There was no plan. Uh, for me, when I first got into this, I, I, I grew up with what they call middle child syndrome. Uh, third of four, you know, all my brothers are six feet five, I'm five ten, you know, it's the middle of the pack. So I've always had this sense of uh, trying to outdo everyone. Right. So in my brain, it was more so, uh, you know, my brothers were taller, more athletic than me. And so how do I excel how do i how do i outpace them in life mm -hmm. so that came through academics i yeah. knew i was like you know if i could learn more about the body and how it moves maybe i could get that upper edge sure. on them for everything else so that's kind of what got me into fitness in the most part we enjoy sports yes. three brothers in a house we like to move yeah um but i wanted to learn as much about the body as possible um so that i could kind of get that upper edge on them so that's how it started it yes. started with just a competitive nature as to you know you're not going to be as tall as these guys how do you keep up with that? That's awesome. So, um, did you find that the education was really helpful as far as getting huge. into that knowledge base? Huge, yeah. I call yeah. it so, Chapel yeah. Hill. I, lo I loved it too. Yeah. And so that's kind of what got me into it. And then uh, I was big on medicine. So uh -huh. I wanted to get into medicine. But yeah. for anyone that knows anything about Chapel Hill, <laughs> everybody that goes to Chapel Hill wants to be a doctor. That's and so right. it can't happen. You know, uh, I, I was know one that. of the, the many that got <laughs> weeded out. Yeah. And so physiology was kind of the next thing in line for me. Yeah. It was more so still had the chemistry with the medicine. We still had the you know, exercise part with the kind of athletic background. Yeah. So kinesiology just kind of fell into my lap for the most right. part. So I decided by my junior year, this is kind of the route I want to go. Yeah. Had no idea what I would do with it from a degree standpoint, from a job standpoint. But, you know, in college, they say mm -hmm. do what you love. And I, I loved the, you know, the chemical processes of the body. And I loved the movement associated with uh, athletes. Yeah. And so I put them together. and kinesiology was it oh that's awesome yeah. that's a great story and it's it's cool because not only were you studying you know at this high level but you were also an athlete there right yes yeah what did yes. you play uh club football there so that's yeah. more so the jv football yeah. um when you think jv though you think like 
more recreational, but JV football Carolina is different. We mm. played Division two, Division three schools, so oh, wow. it's essentially college football for the yeah. most part. Yeah. It's just not at the D one level. Nah. I mean, it's it's a little more you know sub level. Yeah, 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 yeah. So cool. So you went from there, Sean, to where you had you know this amazing education at Chapel Hill. What went? How did you go from there into uh, going into uh, the franchise world? Yes. What was the process there? Oh, long story long for the most part. <laughs> so after um, Chapel Hill, I actually got a really good job. I was mm-hmm. managing an occupational therapy clinic. It was work conditioning. Oh yeah. Um, for those of you that don't know work conditioning, work conditioning it's a it's a limbo phase for people that get hurt at work. Then they get a surgery to fix the injury. Then they go through physical therapy occupational therapy, but they're not quite ready for work yet. Yeah. So it's like this limbo phase where it's like they're past physical therapy, but they're just not ready. They're not functionally fit for their yeah. job. So I managed um, a clinic that kind of worked in work conditioning mm-hmm. for a year, but I'll be honest with you, I just did not know enough. Mm-hmm. I knew in my heart, I just didn't have the confidence of working with somebody that I, I, I felt like a, a bachelor's degree did enough. I see, yeah. So I did that for a year and I did really well with it, but when you don't have the confidence in yeah. training or working with patients, you're always worried you're going to get them hurt. And so yeah. I, I knew I had to go back to school. Yeah. And so that's when I decided the master's route was probably right. what I was going to do. And again, going into the master's um, educational level, yeah. I still had no idea what I wanted to do yeah. afterwards. I just knew I needed to know more. Yeah. And so that's where I kind of um, got my master's yeah. degree. I, after that, I was planning on doing cardiac rehab. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I, that was the, the set mindset in there. Yeah. I did an internship at Moses Cone Hospital in Greensboro. Oh, cool. But they just don't pay enough. I gotta be honest, you know, healthcare just there's no money there. Oh no. Um, so I was doing personal training on fitness together in Greensboro oh, and working yeah. in cardiac rehab yeah. and then doing some graduate research assistant work. Yeah. Um, the owner of the studio, I guess, I guess he saw something in me. Yeah. He told me, um, you know, he really felt like I could run one of these studios. Mm. Uh, we had a long conversation and it essentially ended with me telling him, look, David, I didn't go through six years of college to run a gym. You know, it's <laughs> yeah, just right. not my thing. Yeah. Uh, but he talked me into it. He said, you know, yeah. try it out for a year, see if you love it. Mm-hmm. Did it for a year. Year turned into three years of managing it. Yeah. After year three, I was thinking, you know, what's next? Yeah. Uh, the next logical step for me was just, business ownership and so that itself was extremely terrifying to this day it still is terrifying because i'm not a a risk taker when it comes to finances and it just it worked out great it just goes to show if you really do believe in what you're doing doesn't matter what you're doing i know this is cliche you've got to go for it because if you really have the confidence in any job you're at yeah you can turn that into anything absolutely yeah i think confidence and self-belief go hand in hand in everything, um, I mean, everything. Exercise, exercise, you know, anything you huge. do in life, if you believe in yourself when you do it, and we hear from these motivational speakers all the time, yeah. and we just look at them like, yeah, you're just blowing smoke up exactly, my Exactly, right? <laughs> it's real, it's real. If you really do believe in yeah. everything you offer, you can you can turn it into anything. Yeah, and what's cool about you, Sean, is that you've also, like your work ethic, I can tell just from having met you just a few months ago, like you're just like, I'm just going to get this done, this done, yeah. this done. It's a steady kind of process, and I feel like some of the... Uh, people out there where if you're starting a business or you're starting practice or even fitness or physical therapy, uh, there's sort of this illusion of, well, you know, I see that he became or she became very yes. successful, but when I, but you don't see the years it took yes. and you just walk me through it, like yes. all that education, yes. all that different trial and error to get to this point. Yes. And this is what you see the tip of the iceberg, but there's a lot underneath that, the breadth of that experience are really is what allows for your success today. Yeah, so you're exactly right. There's a lot of years of just, you know, there's, and this is years of just not knowing what yeah. am I doing? 
going back to when I was 21 and I left this PT clinic, I was getting paid really well. Mm. And I dropped that job, the salary job, great benefits, yeah. to go back to school for two years with the mindset, I have no idea what's gonna happen. So yeah. it's, you're looking at about three years of just regret for the most part, like, <laughs> what am I doing? Is Was this the right yeah. call? Stress, so looking back on it now, you know, everyone sees, my friends do, they're just like, oh, you're a business owner, you're great, you're, you're making billions of yeah. dollars, you're doing amazing, and it's like, um, you can close shop whatever yeah. you want, uh, you know, you work-life balance, you create it. And it's like, exactly. it doesn't work that way. Doesn't we went through so many, a decade of grinding to yes. get to this point. And it's, you know, that, that mentality of just grinding through, it doesn't stop. Yeah. Just because things get comfortable. Doesn't stop. Yeah. And you've acquired all these skills along the way, yeah. uh, resilience, uh, being able to foresee things, um, the work ethic, of course, and the grit. Uh, figuring problem solving on the spot mm -hmm. all on the way and that i mean that is really the definition of really an, of an owner of any yes. kind it's like how do i how do am i the best problem solver for my organization and that's what it seems like the path has led you to yes. which is awesome yep cool now um sean you know it's funny because we talk about exercise mm -hmm. <laughs> and this is based on our conversation yesterday um tell our audience how much you love exercise <laughs> Let me, I'm going to be 100% honest to this day. A lot of people do not believe me, <laughs> but I promise you, I would not lie about this. I loathe exercise. <laughs> I would rather be doing anything else in this yeah. world except exercise. To me, I could work a 15 hour day like it's nothing. Yeah. But if I have to work out, which I do every day for an hour, my day is over when that, when that exercise is done. Everything yeah. else is just kind of coasting through the day. Um, yeah. The reason I am that way is I, I can't help it. I just yeah. don't like this this feeling tired, sweaty, yeah. you know, having to exert <laughs> yourself for an hour. Um, but I still do it every single day because I see the value of what it exactly. Is. So even though I don't enjoy it, I do understand how important it is. And so it's it's a mentality of the uh, just the, the get through that one hour. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and so that's why I say I appeal to the, the average Jane and Joe out there yeah. that doesn't want to exercise because I can't stand it. I just. You just you flip the switch, you get it done, and yeah, you know, go about your day. So that must be very inspirational for your clients when they hear that from you, because yes. they're thinking, "Oh, Sean must love exercise. Yes. That's why he's preaching it." But really, what you love is the value that it brings, not necessarily the actual process of actually yes. doing it every day. Yep. It sounds right. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I coach them to. Yeah. That's the only thing I can really relate to, or I can be sympathetic with the clients. Yes, yeah. um, a lot of them, you know, they're overweight for the most part when they come here. Uh, and they look at me and they're like, oh, this guy's never been overweight. He doesn't know what it's like to kind of grind through this. Exactly. And so I do have that conversation with them at, at first because I want them to understand that I do share that component with them. I don't want to exercise. But if you understand the value and what it brings, you're going to go through it. The analogy I use for my clients, since most of my clients are working class, I say, yeah. There are so many people in this country that hate their job. Yeah. But they do it for 20, 30 years. And why is that? Because they see the value in what it brings, whether it's financial value, whether it's work-life balance, whether it's the opportunity for a spouse not to work, it exactly. provides them, um, whatever that value is, they do it and they grind through it. And so if people could get that mentality and accept it for exercise, we could really, you know, take this, you know, we could fix the obesity epidemic. I mean, that, <laughs> Absolutely. that, that yeah. goes into the next topic. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I, I think that um, even just for me seeing, you know, the, all this unfold in your life and... Um, how you've been able to inspire your clients, despite the fact that, you know, exercise for you doesn't feel great, mm -hmm. but it's something that you value. Um, I feel like this is also a great time to talk about sort of the other components of health and wellness. Um, how do you first, uh, before I even go there, so with, with your clients, walk us through your process at uh, Fitness Together mm -hmm. as far as what, when they come in, what to expect, 
and uh, tell us more about like how you get them to really stick to a program. Yeah, yeah, four ways. So four ways. Number one, figure out the why. Mm-hmm. And for me, my main thing for them is they need to figure out the why and they need to believe that. Number two, educate. So once we figure out why they're here, we educate. So I tell every client when they're first starting here, when they first start working out here, the first two, three weeks here, it's going to feel like a lecture. I'm talking at them. I'm explaining everything because there's just so much we need to go over. From uh, I, I really need them to kind of remember maybe five, ten percent of what I'm saying um, at first, but I'm going to keep repeating myself over and over again to the point where they get it. So that's number two, educate. Number three, they have to believe in th- that this actually works. You can't just come in here, show up, and just expect things to change. You have mm-hmm. to believe that you know three times a week is not going to do it. Yeah, you're going to have to put in the work outside of the studio, and then once you start seeing the value in there, that brings you to the fourth step. It's just maintaining yeah. or maintenance, yeah. maintaining that. Yeah. Um, so it's four steps in there, you know, figure out the why, education, um, believe in the system and get through it, the accountability part, and then maintain it. That's awesome. That actually sounds like our process to a next level where we want to get people to understand that value to what they do, the why. Yeah. You know, so like, hey, it's okay, you know, it's great that you want to get back to running because, you know, it's something you've always done, but why is that so important to you? Oh, yes. Because if you can't connect that person to the why, they're gonna drop off. That's it. They're not gonna see the yeah. value anymore. Because as you and I know, both fitness and rehab, the journey is not linear. Yes. It's not like you do A, you get B. It's like A, and then you might plateau and maybe dip. And then the next time you do something, it'll go back up. Yeah. So I feel there's a lot of mirroring there. And you know, I find that the, the clients who actually see the value every time and they understand the value and they're willing to execute. Because as you and I both know too, what people do out of, you know, outside the 20, 21, or the one hour that we see them, the 23 hours outside, that's really where the game changing yes. stuff is. Yep. What you and I are doing, just coaching them, really guiding them on the right path, and hopefully something will stick, so that when they're making better choices outside, it might be nutrition, it might be choosing the right activities, or saying, "Hey, you know, Dr. Jerry said not to run five miles. Okay, I'll just run one." You know, yes. sticking to that kind of program. Yes. How do you ensure compliance for your clients outside of when they see you? So, that's tough. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest. That is very, very tough. I tell the clients all the time, we could just, you know handcuff ourselves to the client and go through 24 hours a day, we could change your lives. But unfortunately, <laughs> for a lot of reasons, can't do this. <laughs> um, so it's tough. So what I do is I break it up into short-term goals. And I and when I say short-term, short-term specific goals, meaning most of our clients train three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Mm-hmm. When they come in for a Monday, I set an upfront contract. I let them know what we're doing today, what they need to be doing on their off days. And what, when I say what they're doing on their off days, I make it as specific as possible. Typical recommendation, something like this, if we're working on nutrition, um, let's say, uh, we'll, we'll say they're eating out five days a week. Their goal is two days of that week, they need to cook something. It doesn't matter what it is. They can go like to that. the store, get a can of tuna and bread and make that at home. Yeah. Anything they make will be better than anything they buy for the most part. For the most part, yeah, and for sure. And even if it is worse, it doesn't matter because I don't care what they're eating. It's the behavior of Habits, yeah. So uh, when they come in on a Monday, I'll tell them, look, by Wednesday, I want you to have cooked one meal on your own. That means you're coming in Wednesday night at 6.45 p.m. That means we have Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night to cook a meal. Yeah. Don't care what it is. Let's see if you can do it. When they come in on Wednesday, I'm going to ask them the question, hey, did you cook that meal? Any meal? Yeah. Uh, if they say yes, great. We're going to use that as a standard. Try to do that again coming in Friday. Yeah. If they say no, we don't berate them. We don't bash them for that. We just figure out why. Mm-hmm. And then when we figure out why, that helps us establish what are the barriers in this person's life 
And so we take a step back and we say, now we need to work on the barriers. Yeah. We don't need to work on the nutrition, the cardio. Let's fix the barriers first and then we'll move forward. I love that. So it's a yeah. lot of moving forward and back and it's a lot of improvising to be honest with you. But yeah. so there's no there's no kind of correct algorithm. Yeah. It's more so figure out the algorithm as we go. Yeah. Use that algorithm and milk it for all it's worth until it stops working. And then adjust accordingly. Yeah. And then you change the variables. I, I, I love yeah. this process for you guys because um, I feel like for rehab it's the same way. Like we yes. try to be as directive as possible. Like, you know, Sean, when our, in our sessions, and, and by the way, Sean is recovering from uh, an injury. Yeah. Um, he let me say that on, yeah. on the screen here. Yeah. But um, yeah, the, it's about being directive. It's like, listen, this is what to expect in the session today. This is what we're gonna do next time. So you get a preview of what's gonna happen so that there's something to look forward to. It's not just, yes. oh, he's gonna do this and this. It's gonna be a little bit different every time. We're gonna emphasize something a little bit different every time as well. Which goes into like the, the health foundation that we talked about yesterday, mm -hmm. Sean, which is um, foundations of healing, foundations of wellness, all come from a mindset. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? Yes, big time, yeah. big time. I mean, everything and everything you have to have, your mindset's not there, yeah. it's not gonna happen. Absolutely, so uh, along with that, nutrition obviously is really important. Having regular movement, I think, is probably a better choice than always doing something that's really like hit oriented yes. or just super intense. Yes. I think people misunderstand that just because you don't like uh, you're not huffing and puffing, your heart's at a huff above 150, mm -hmm. that you're not getting benefit from yes. that. And that's what we're trying to retrain some of the clients that we see. Yes. You know, and you know, I love CrossFitters and stuff, but I feel like sometimes they're used to a certain amount of intensity. Mm -hmm. And when they don't get that, they feel like, well, I didn't really work out today. That's and I, that's wrong. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's how the injury happened. I yes. Mean, oh, yes. So my injury, I tore the peroneus longus, uh, is the ATFL, yep, and ligament. then I had a, a first metatarsal reconstruction, which yeah. in layman's terms, I tore a tendon in the calf, a ligament in the kind of ankle area, yep. and then I had a bone reconstruction in the toe to adjust for my cavus ferris feet, which means my, my arch is kind of high. Yeah. Um, so that in layman's terms, that's what I had done, three surgeries in one. But it happened because I started, I, I had the mentality you know, going into my 20s, even my teens into the 20s where it's just push, 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 you know, you know, suck it up, walk it off, yeah. that mentality. And that works until it doesn't work. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, yeah. you get old, the bodies, you know, you're getting worse. Yeah. Or, or, you know, our ligands are just not the same. As exactly. <laughs> and so even though I'm in this field, it just goes to show that it doesn't matter how much I know. Yeah. It's a personality thing. Mm -hmm. Now, I can tell you all day, it's like I knew what I should have been doing. Yeah. But what was working for me at the time, going back to the algorithm we're talking yes. about, my algorithm was still working, had this injury happen, and now yeah, I tweaked the entire. I mean, for the rest of my life, yeah. my exercise regimen will be completely different than in my 20s. Absolutely, yeah. And I would say, and we talked about this yesterday too, Sean, where like, I feel like uh, for somebody who's in their late 40s now, that um, I spend probably a good 20 minutes yes. before <laughs> the group workout <laughs> warm up because it's not enough for me. And I have to like, really kind of get myself mobile and stuff to really get go at it. Yeah. But uh, I've also realized how important rest is in between two. Yes. And this is something I'm not used to. Yes. So I'm trying to embrace this. I'm like, oh, well, you know, I didn't do anything today. But really, that's also part of your training as yes. well, right? Yep. And you have also clients and take off days as well then too? Yes, we, we do. I'm I'm very big on trying not to promote the off days yet. Yeah. Uh, off days are good for, for people like you and I that have been active for so long. We have a regimen. Uh, we have structure. This is a, exercise is a part of our life. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's good to have an off day there. Uh, to equate that back into a normal person. Uh, if you're working full time yeah. and you're doing it for years, take a vacation, you know, sure. take a week off. But if you're working part time, you know, one day a week, 
are two days a week for you know three hours a day. Yeah. Do you really need a vacation? Not so much. So I'm really yeah. big on trying to push them as much as they can handle first. Yeah. And then when they have that conversation with me or we figure out, hey, I can't do any more than this, that's the expectation right there. Yeah. So that's our kind of goal there. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So working with athletes, mm -hmm. so you I know you work with a lot of yeah. athletes. My typical demographic are more so the average Jane and Joe out there, yeah. whereas athletes are the complete opposite of that. So for athletes, I know you need to kind of have those deload weeks, you need to bring it down, you need to rest because we have that mentality, it's just push through it. Yeah. With the average Jane and Joe, usually it depends on you know their training style. You know, exactly. If they only train three times a week, probably yeah. not gonna tell them to take a week off. Yeah, exactly. You know, I would say for our clientele too, where we have people who are just very sedentary, I mean, our ideal client is somebody who's active or an athlete like mm -hmm. yourself, or maybe the parents of an athlete, so they know better for their child. Yeah. Um, you know, walk us through real quick, like how your experience with us has been different oh, yeah. from other uh, PTs, and I didn't pay him to say this, yes. uh, other PTs uh, that you've been to in the past for, for this. I swear by everything <laughs> Next Level Physio does, assuming all the other PTs are the same as Jerry and John, <laughs> That's right. the way they look at physical therapy is the exact same way that I look at training. They break things down. You come in, they give you a game plan. This is what we're going to do today. This is the goal today. This is the goal moving forward. Um, I got to be honest with you. Uh, this is my first major injury. I've mm -hmm. never had a, a serious injury in my life. And I didn't realize how much I didn't know mm -hmm. until I started working with you. Ah. The, the fact that um, it's not a linear progression when we're getting better. I yeah. just thought it's just every week we get a little bit better because years of PT work, working in PT settings, that's what they teach you. Mm. And I know they do it for the sake of, they want you to stay motivated, but it's not true. And so what yeah. happens is when you have an athletic brain like mine and you expect progress and you don't see progress, mm -hmm. very demotivating. Oh my God, big time. So you and big John time. have just, first of all, getting my mentality to understand like, yeah. look, a little bit every day is going to be so much more beneficial than just three big bouts every week. Yeah. Um, so that's been one of the biggest things there. And then the uh, just the knowledge that comes with what next level physical oh, has. Thank you. Like I said, I've worked in a ton of physical therapy clinics for, I've been a physical therapist aide, fitness instructor. Uh, my goal was to become a physical therapist. Yes, um, that's right. In my younger years. <laughs> and I just, I've learned more working with you in two months than I have in 10 years in physical therapy. Oh my gosh, I feel I'm the tears holding up. Here yeah. we go. Oh it's my great. God. And so I swear, <laughs> I tell the clients here, I'm like, I push it. It's one of the only things that I'm just like, if they're feeling any injury, I push it. I say, yeah. get your butt in there because I know that's what's best for the clients. Yeah. And for us, you know, we take a, uh, you know, I've been in situations in the past with the traditional physical therapy practice mm -hmm. where it's symptom based. Yes. It's like, oh, your ankle hurts. We'll just treat your ankle. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more of you than, that just your ankle, than just your ankle. So we take a whole body approach. We want to find the root cause of what's going on. Just like you find the root cause for why people might not be motivated to fitness. And at the same time, we're going to develop a plan of care that's specific to you. Yeah. And it's always one-on-one. -on -one. So, you know, the, the, unfortunately, what happens in the traditional setting is that it often keeps people in pain because you're not going to get the root cause fixed mm -hmm. and have so many stories on that. I'll share it in another episode. But um, you're also doing have time because uh, a lot of PTs in the traditional setting are seeing three, four, or five patients at the same time. Yes. So you can't even direct... The care to yes. the right areas. Like, oh, okay, Sean. Hey, here's your sheet of exercises yeah. from the beginning of time. Yeah. Uh, you can do it on your own. You're an exercise physics major. You, you know what you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to do the hocus pocus in your ankle. Okay, great. See you next time. You know, yeah. That's exactly what a session looks yeah. like. 
And we don't want to do that or have that kind of image portrayed about the profession. Yes. And we just can't stand by that kind of treatment model either. Yep. yep. And that's my thing with you guys. It's all about quality of work, not quantity. Yes. And it's not physical therapists' fault. It's yeah. not their fault. It's the work setting they're put into. Yeah. The actual clinics themselves. And just like you said, they're just so packed with volume. Bottom line. Driven. Get, I know we get into insurance and it's yeah. all about you got as a business. I get it. You're yeah. trying to make as much money as you can. Uh, but at the same time, I'm more so work smarter, not harder. Yeah. You know, if we could cut back on the patients, spend a lot more time on the quality of work, exactly. the quality of the session, the business will grow. It's going to take a little longer, in there, yeah. but you're going to get a better credibility. Your reputation is yeah. going to improve. Yeah. You'll get more referrals. So the way you guys are doing it now is exactly how I started this studio. Yeah. And again, it took me a little longer to grow it because it takes time. To do yeah. That. You know, when we're talking about quality of work, it's going to be a lot slower, but then the retention much higher the, the value's high and everything you, you wake up one day and you're just like oh my god we are, we're, we're, we're there we're yeah. where i wanted to be three years ago so oh, yeah. um yeah it's one of those things that it's just like everything you do at next level physio is exactly I what i that. do from a training standpoint yeah except we're not we're, we're training but it's it's more rehab versus yeah the everyday exercise yeah. or prescription yeah so, and that's I why love i love having community partners like uh fitness together yeah. and like sean just because uh, we're so aligned in what we do every day and how we see business and also how we can take care of our clients, whether they be patients or whether they be fitness clients. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's been it's been amazing yeah. a journey already. Yes. So I can only imagine what's going to happen a year from now. Yes, so I'm very excited about that. But looking at the bigger scope of what's going on in the world, Sean, um, being that we live in such a successful country like the U.S., which mm -hmm. is I'm very thankful and blessed, we do have this obesity epidemic. Yes. And uh, it's it's crazy. Can you talk about how this has been affecting you or what your thought pattern is on this? It took me years to just understand why we have this epidemic. I'm not going to sit here and tell you this is how we're going to fix it. You know, it's going to take a lot more effort than that. But you can see over the course of time and even from the Surgeon General's uh, prescription of exercise. First of all, there's not enough. Uh, education out there to let people no. know exactly what they should do. I know a lot of trainers are like this too, where they'll work with a client and they'll say, all right, you want to lose weight? Just eat better. You know, eat, go get vegetables and cook yeah. them and eat them. And they give you a sheet of paper, same, same thing thing. in a PT. Yes. You give them a sheet of paper. <laughs> and so they, they, they get that piece of paper and they maybe do it for one or two days. And then they, it goes under, I don't know, a desk or something. Yeah, exactly. And then it's done. It's done. done. Yeah. So going back to the obesity epidemic, it's the, the Surgeon General, you know, back in the 90s, they were very um, precise and specific about the recommendation. They were telling you, you need to be exercising, you know, cardio four days a week, strength training three days a week, right. or two to three days a week. And what happened is people thought that's the expectation. Meaning if I don't do a minimum of that, there's no point in training. Exactly. So it's all or none. Yes. And like, ah, forget about yes. it then if I can't do that. Yeah. And so what happened is the obesity epidemic started getting worse. Yeah. And so in the, uh, the mid 90s, they changed the prescription to say we should be exercising on most days of the week. Yeah. Make it a little more subjective so that people can kind of understand, hey, if I'm exercising, you know, most of these week, it's technically four days a week. They right. tell you what you should do. Yeah. Just said move your body four days a week. Yeah. And that became the, uh, the prescription for the time being. Now they're at a point where they get a little more specific and say 150 minutes of moderate intensity, 75 minutes of vigorous intensity, but it's still not specific enough for the, for the individual yeah. person. These are general guidelines that most people don't fit into a general kind of category. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's that point of like BMI and things Is that, like that. Oh yeah, exactly. We're trying to fit individual people into a generic algorithm and it doesn't work. 
Yeah, this is this is a, a tragedy, and it's funny because I think that there's a lot of well-intentioned people out there, yes. and because they don't have the accountability, number one, uh, because they they think it's an all-or-none kind of thing, yeah. the way that they actually view training and exercise is totally off, yes. you know, off. Yep. And as a result, they're either starting things, and we know this every every July, I'm, I'm sorry, every January first. That's exactly right. Exactly. Yep. I, I have seen over the years. Tell me what you've seen. Uh, usually in the past, maybe say 15, 20 years ago. I would see, you know, people last from like January 1 to like March. Yes. Now I'm seeing it like maybe end of January. Have you seen the same thing as well? No, we're we're living in, I I swear society is getting more uh, to the point where we need this instant gratification. I mean, I was talking about Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime (laughs) is like the epitome of how our society lives, where it's like we went from uh, getting things in a week to now two day shipping. And it's like even great. What's yeah. after that? Now we want it same day. Maybe you can get things within hours. You know, yeah. it's like, but we keep wanting more faster. And so when you think about it from an exercise setting, mm-hmm. that's what people expect. They expect if I start January 1, by the end of January, I should see some physiological change in my body. If I see that change, I will keep going. Exactly. But we all know it takes about six weeks to see some physiological at change. Yeah. At least. Yep. And so what's happening is people are getting four weeks in and then going, well, this isn't doing exactly. you know, a single thing for me. I'm just going to give up. Exactly. But if they have the education, the accountability behind that, or it's like, look, Jerry, you got to stick to this for six weeks. Do not expect anything yeah. for six weeks. Have that upfront contract. Are you okay with that? Are you going to understand that? We're going to go five and a half weeks and you might not see anything. Yeah. Does that work for you? If they say yes, they can do this. Yeah. But a lot of times people will say, yeah, we're going to go about six weeks. You'll, you'll see a, a crazy change. You're good to go. And then you go about your way. But they don't really ask them that question. Are you okay going four weeks and busting your butt or change your routine and no still seeing nothing? Exactly. If you can do that, we can get to that six-week phase where you start to see, like, you know, your clothes feel just a little bit It's loose. always closed, you know, yeah. You don't see too much change on the scale. But yeah. Things feel different. Absolutely, you know? yeah. Um, I feel like that's like, um, and the reason why I always try to encourage people to see a trainer or a coach, especially if they're just starting out, and that could be fitness, it could be uh, like fitness training, it could be uh, yoga, it could be Pilates, anything where it requires some sort of skill to do something, a movement skill, it really makes a difference when you have somebody guiding you along because it's so easy to drop off. Yes. And here's the other thing, and again, with that well-intentioned person, it's so easy to get hurt yes. doing something you've never done before, and that's going to really demoralize you and bring you down, and it's going to set this other sort of downward spiral that you don't want to go into. So if you're out there listening to this, I'm hoping that even just as we listen to the podcast, that you will choose the right coach for you. Sean is an amazing coach. All of his trainers are awesome. We've met all of them. They're great. So this is where, you know, getting, getting an expert to help you guide in your journey is going to bring you to your next level in a safer and more efficient way. Um, Sean, what do you think about this? Like the different misconceptions about training the body. Oh gosh, we all think training the body means training the body. Yes. That's the biggest misconception. We're training the brain, which will translate to training the body. Yeah. That goes into every single thing we're doing. Number one, change of behavior. Yeah. Uh, even, you know, we all know we need to, uh, uh, strength train. We need to do cardio. Yeah. We need to improve our nutrition to, uh, improve anything from a yeah. goals perspective in there. But what does that really mean? When we're talking about exercise training, it just doesn't mean show up and go through the motion because that's where injuries happen. And you need a physical therapist. So it's like a two steps forward, three steps back. From a cardio perspective, it doesn't mean put a heart rate monitor on and 80% of your your max heart rate, you should be holding that at 40 minutes. It doesn't work that. Nutrition should be like 1,200 to 1,500 calories uh, or breaking down your macronutrients into 40, 40, 20. 
some people get that and some people it works for, for, for some people, but most people, it's a lot more basic than yes. that. Get the mentality to understand that when I exercise, just come in three times a week and learn. You know, don't yeah. go through the motions there. Really encompass or really encode everything that I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, when you're doing your cardio, it's all about just checking off the, the, the days on the calendar. Make sure you're doing it three days a week. Just do something. Yeah. And then nutrition, whatever the nutritional counseling involves there. But yeah. it's all about you have to train the brain in order for the body to cooperate. Absolutely. Don't just train the body. Yeah. It goes back to the mindset you were yes. talking about before. Yeah. Um, do you think that there's ways to help people start developing those habits um, so that they don't drop off in that way? Yeah. 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 I mean, accountability is the yeah, biggest thing. It is. Going back to what I was saying, specific goals, short-term specific goals. If we can adopt short-term specific goals for anything that we're doing in there, the long-term goals will you know, pan out yeah. or pan out or work for themselves. Um, but the short-term goals, session to session, every single day, you can start with something where it's like, just 20 minutes of exercise yeah exercise can be anything it can be a walk around your neighborhood it can be going to the gym it can be anything 15 20 minutes uh well not even every day we'll say four times a week if you're not doing anything yeah if you can start with that then you work up to five times a week once you get to five times a week you start working improving on the actual uh, exercise balance instead of 15 minutes we're going to 20 right 25 and then when you get to that point where you can't do any more that's your your kind of um homeostasis level yeah right that's the level where it's like look what i'm doing right now if it's not enough if i need more i need to do more if you can I adjust less, i do less so yeah it's all about pushing your brain to understand like if you can't do any more than what you're doing that's it exactly you're gonna have to accept that you know this is this is the way it is right know? and don't be yourself about it that's yeah, the other yeah, thing you have to you just have to accept it that some people are just more blessed than others yeah some people have time i mean these celebrities that look oh i mean they got nothing but <laughs> and time. the resources yeah they got the resources the money the time and so yeah. we look at these magazines or social medias or all these influencers yeah, yeah. out there that look great they get paid to exercise, <laughs> you know what I mean? They exactly. should look good. Yeah. But these influences out there that are just, you know, giving advice where it's just like, follow my routine. Exactly. And it's like, no, they aren't <laughs> you. They're not good. They need their own routine. Exactly. That's kind of what we do at Fitness Together, where it's more so we create custom packages for every single person. So when you come in and meet with me, that. there is no generic template that I say, yeah. hey, do this, this, and this, you're good to go. There's a lot of questioning and figure out again why you're here why yeah. do you really want this i know you want to lose the weight but why um well you know i i i, I never wear a two-piece on the yeah. beach anymore next year i'd love to just wear a two-piece or my daughter's getting why. married next year and yeah. um uh, i just I, i'm so uncomfortable i hate taking pictures and she wants to take pictures with me and i, yeah. I feel like i just have no self-confidence yeah so another big thing is people get divorced yeah I mean, a lot of our clients here have come to us and they're just like Look, I went through a pretty bad marriage for the last five years. I let my body fall apart. I had no confidence. And so that might be a self-confidence thing in there. Yeah. But figure out what why you're here. Yeah. Then we'll coach them on what they need to be doing. And if they're willing to accept that, they'll be good to go. Yeah. You ever have clients who have sort of an unhealthy view of exercise where they overdo things? Oh, gosh. I don't hear, but I know athletes, including myself, <laughs> that's the problem right there. I'm, yeah. I, I, ignorance is not bliss. Yeah. I know what my problem is. Uh, specifically, yeah. um, going back to the ankle injury, yeah. um, when I, I started getting tendonitis in the ankle from yeah. just years of so many sprains, playing basketball, um, and then la about a year and a half ago, I met with an orthopedic because the pain was just getting to the point where yeah. I, it was hurting too much. So he essentially told me everything I need to know. Yes. You know, rest. Yes. You know, take some time off. Rehab. 
And so what I was doing is everything right. I was icing after workouts. I was doing my <laughs> rehab work, yeah. strengthening those deep proprioceptive muscles in there. But I wasn't doing the main part, which is slow down. Imagine Stop that. playing basketball <laughs> six times a week. The rehab work I was doing was enough to basically delay the inevitable. Yeah. But, you know, straw that broke the camel's back right there. Exactly, Just yeah. A year and a half later, yeah, the, the per peroneal longus yeah. ruptures. And I'm just like, what? I've been doing everything right. When you look back Except, on it, yeah. you weren't. You were still, you know, abusing the body. The rehab was just more so putting a Band-Aid over. Exactly. The injury into that Band-Aid just couldn't stay couldn't, Exactly. We had, um, um, I love the story. Um, we had a runner who was training for Boston. And she had put a lot of work into getting this training. And to even qualify for, qualify for Boston is a oh, big yeah. feat in itself. Oh, yeah. And you already know. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we had her on this path. And she, she um, or she was on this path, I should say. Hurt her hamstring. And the hardest struggle was that she had come so far. It was like, we got, we'll call her Janie. Mm -hmm. uh, hey, Janie, listen. Um, you've put the hard work in. Trust the rehab process. Trust that the stuff we're going to give to you is going to help you to make up for the difference and bridge that gap for when you're ready to return because you still have quite a bit of time before Boston heads. Mm -hmm. The awesome thing was we got, so she never lifted a weight in her life. And I, and I know how much you know runners and cross training, yeah. that's so important. Yeah. Never lifted a weight really. Uh, didn't do heavy lifting, which we know is really beneficial for runners. Mm -hmm. We put that into her program as she was recovering. We did our uh, other kinds of treatment approaches to get the hamstring to come down. Finally, it was ready to, you know, race day was here. She PRs by 15 minutes. Good 15 Lord. minutes. Not a minute, not 30 seconds, 15 minutes. That's incredible. But this is like the whole thing where it's like, you know, if you put a lot of work into things and as some as an exercise enthusiast or fanatic, yeah. um, it's okay to take some time off because your body will still retain some of that. And as you recover, you're going to be even more you know, at on top of your game because your body has actually healed. You've given it some rest to actually absorb that training. Mm -hmm. um, and like you said, the deloading is so important. And for her, although she was fearful of what that would do, it actually ended up helping her to have the best race of, yeah. her, of her life for a marathon. Yeah. Time. I mean, athletes are kind of the exact opposite of the average. Absolutely. Yeah. Out there. So we all know that the saying, you know, three steps forward, two steps back. But we never talk about the opposite formula there yes. where it's like, two steps back, take a week off, yeah. let your body three steps forward. Yes. You know what I mean? And I so love that's that. huge in athletes too. Yeah. And for myself too, that's the part of my brain where I've just, I'm very analytical in yeah. the way I think. And so it's, I try to take subjectivity and turn it into, and make it as objective as possible because we live in a world of black and white world. Where yeah. We want things as specific as possible because that's what makes sense. It's Absolutely. what makes the most sense to us. So if you think about it that way from an athlete standpoint, two steps back, you're going to think about it. We all think if we take a week off, we lo we lost 10 years of work. Exactly. It doesn't matter how much you know, how yeah. smart you are in the our feeling brain, of it. You feel yeah, like you've so lost funny. everything. <laughs> but if you can trust the process, going back to what you said, yeah. you trust your therapist, you trust your trainer, they know what they're doing, take their word on it, two steps back, three steps more. I know? love that. Um, as we're going to close, Sean, is there any piece of advice you give to somebody who's struggling with their weight, uh, struggling with training, uh, getting on track? What would you recommend they do? One piece of advice. You got to swallow the pill and just ask for help. Mm -hmm. I know it's tough. I mean, I, I don't know how to sugarcoat it in a way where it's, um, you know, I know it can be very intimidating walking into uh, this. I call it, my studio is a personal training studio. It's not a gym. Yeah. Uh, reaching out or asking for help. I know for anybody in this world, if we need help. It's hard to ask for help. But you have to understand the bigger goal here. You know, yeah. We're talking about 
um, being deconditioned, um, you know, overweight, inactive. We're, we're risking cardiovascular disease, which is one of the top two killers yeah. in this world. Uh, we're talking about risking the potential of decreasing our quality of life in the, the latter end of our life. Yeah. So it's, you just have to swallow the pill and reach out, swallow your pride. Uh, but that's it. You got the only issue is finding a credible, you know, trainer, therapist, things like that. That happens with trial and error. Yeah, I gotta be sure. honest with you. But if you can find the right people for you, so from a therapy standpoint, from yeah. next level physio, from a training standpoint, fitness together carry, uh, if you can find the right people and just trust the process, that's that's all it takes there. And I know that yeah. it's a lot more complicated than that, but I wanna keep it as layman as possible. If yeah. you know you need help, why aren't you reaching out? Absolutely. And you have to answer that yourself. We can't answer that for you. You have to figure out why am I not doing it? I'm just so ashamed or I'm just, I got uncomfortable being comfortable. Yeah. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. You yes. Know? And once you get to that point, it's uh, nobody ever looks back and says, oh, I'm, I'm so mad I did this. <laughs> Everyone always looks back and says, why yeah. did I do this Sooner. 10, 15 Absolutely. years ago? Every single client here says that. Every yeah. single one. God, I wish I would have started this 15 years ago. And it's like, you can't live in the past. You know, That's exactly. Like, what you're doing right now, some people don't start for another 10 years. Exactly. So look at it that way. Yeah, so. that inertia to get started yes. can be really yeah, like tough. overwhelming sometimes. Yeah. It's almost like you're making it even harder than it actually is to yeah. just pick up a phone, yeah. send an email. From an athlete standpoint yeah. too, myself included, when I go to do a workout, this injury has just, it's been really tough mentally because I go do my workouts and I do your recommended PT exercises, yeah. which, you know, it's I, I know they're tough, but it's nothing compared to how I used to of train. Course. So I will spend yeah. a good hour, hour 15 doing this rehab work and it's like yeah. going into that, I'm like, Sean, you're just gonna sit on the ground and do your ankle <laughs> rotations and things like that. Exactly. Yep. the ankle. Yep. It's hard, but at the end of the day, if you trust the process and trust everything your, your trainer or your yeah. therapist is saying, it works. Absolutely. And so now I look yeah. back at it and it's it's a piece of cake. Yeah. And we and, and, and it's funny working with the athlete, it's it is that it's like listen, we're working on the finer movements that we know you can like run like yeah. crazy and you can probably I know you can dunk. Yeah. But it's like, it's the finer movements that really kind of build that platform for better movement so that you don't have to run into an ankle issue in the future either. So yeah, yeah. stages, right? Yeah. Um, Sean, thank you so much for being on our podcast. Um, I hope for our listeners out there that you found this very helpful. I know I learned even more about Sean, his methodology and fitness together in this. Sean, what's the best way that our listeners can reach out to you, especially if they're looking for a change in their life in the Cary Morrisville area. Yeah, so you can either give us a call at 919-481-9277 or you can check out our website, fitnesstogether.com backslash Cary, C-A-R-Y. Awesome, thank you so much for that, Sean. And again, for our listeners, thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and don't forget to check out our sister channels on YouTube, Next Level Physio and our triathlon channel, which just launched today, Next Level Coaches Roundtable. Thank you so much and have a great day. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. It really does mean a lot to us. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe, or comment if you got at least one or two helpful insights or takeaways to help you get to your next level.